gonna find some intro music. The struggles of a high nigga. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all finna come through? Man, we're all over there. It's Big Bob in the front seat. Ash, no dash. It's Chucky Lucky. And Chris. And we all over here. Welcome back to another episode of Who All Over There. So, y'all already know us. We gonna kick it off with the song of the day. Alright, so this song that I got here, it's gonna bring us back. Only to like maybe 2008. Take a back, 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 back. Ooh, what that song? Oh, here go, here go. And it's gonna bring memories to one person in here. You're almost there now. So go love Make mama No. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this song? So, give us the backstory of why you won't sing along. So, <laughs> so, in college, I had a roommate who remained nameless. Oh, what up, blood? Please don't drop that in this episode. I come in the room from a long day of class and work. And my roommate is grinding the bed listening to this song. <laughs> and um it was quite an experience because I walked in mouth wide open. Like what is going on over here today? Yeah. It, I, yeah, it just that's, brings that, back a lot of memories. Yeah, I would, I would never sing Kelly Rowland again, but because <laughs> that is not my testimony, yeah. Kelly Rowland for the win. Uh, but grinding the bed as he's listening to <laughs> Kelly Rowland, I mean, like grind, like grind, like hard grind, like Pretty Ricky doing like, the, the hundred like, challenge. The mattress, like, the mattress got pregnant. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I know. Old school, Dade County, slow sticking. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 I understand. Right. <laughs> All oh, right. So gosh. yeah, that that. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. That Kelly Rowland joint did damage. That was like one of her first, like solos for after a while. I remember when she came out with that. Though I was in, I was in college and we listened to that at at the club one time. Yes, I have a past, but. <laughs> We was listening to it. We was like, boy, this job go hard. And there was nothing but dudes in the car on the way back to the dorms <laughs> listening to <laughs> Kelly Rowland motivation. It was like, hey, it, it, it hit, man. Hey, I'll take it, man. All right. So now we're going to pass it over to the next segment. We have our Nurse Jackson segment. I'm she's, not ready. <laughs> okay, so... 7.5 is your pH balance like last time. That is that so is wrong. Not, <laughs> that is not, that is so that, wrong. I mean, she wasn't prepared last time, and that's what she gave last time. And I you mean, thought? I mean, I thought she would have been better prepared. But <laughs> oh. she, was, she was over there listening, uh, eating brownies, making brownies for her sisters. Shout out to my oh, sister. All, All right, right, Nurse Jessica, come on. Okay, Ash so dash. today we're going to talk about depression. 
Um, you know, growing up as black African American, black African American, black American, well, not even just Americans, but as people as a whole, we kind of have like this stigma that we can't be depressed or suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. And as we know, that's totally, totally wrong. So I'm just going to give y'all some, um, some things to look out for when you don't know if your family member or friend is suffering from depression, you might not want to say something because if you say, like, oh, are you depressed? They are going to think, you know, some way. They might not want to tell you, talk about it. But just some things to look out for is if you see someone that may be at risk for suicide, they want to always be by themselves. They like being in dark rooms, dark areas. They barely eat. Um, don't go out places with that they're invited to. If you see them, like, suddenly losing attendance in certain situations like school if they don't start coming to school as often or church um not calling or not answering the phone as often sometimes that can be a sign that somebody is going through depression um like ineffective coping if something like they suffer from a trauma somebody died sometimes we just can't handle it we don't have anybody to talk to so we do get into depression and we just need to know that it's okay to talk to people when we're going through things it's okay to say that yes i'm going through something and i'm looking for help because you know we would rather talk and hear what you're going through try to help instead of so if you're suffering from depression and you don't have anyone to talk to you can always hit us up on our instagram or our personal pages at who all over there on ig who all over there underscore i'm out but let's talk about that though because a lot of people you know since i feel like depression now is more widely um recognized in the african-american community um and more people and the trend of going to therapy to deal with the depression Mm -hmm. or the trauma from childhood or from whatever may be affecting them Mm -hmm. and um so that's like a plus but still it's still the stigma of black people saying oh you could just pray and that'd be just enough and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna just say it ain't enough and you can't go through a spiritual depression too you can't so it's like okay you want me to pray but what if i don't feel like my prayers are being answered oh exactly but see i think that the issue with the depression uh amongst people in general, not just African-American, but just with people in general, is the fact that there are people who gossip, who take your information and run with it when you do pour your heart out. Or not only gossip, but people who distance themselves once they find out what you're actually in or what you what's really going on around you. And I feel like that's an issue because uh, it... I know the old saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. But when that child is older, does that village go away? Does that village distance themselves? Like, I think that raising someone isn't just uh, once they establish uh, independency or whatever. You got to continue to raise people. I'm 26 years old. If my mom or my dad or my friends, they still give me advice that I can use, even though it's not come. Like, like some, somebody's not coming down at me like, oh, you got to take out the trash. You got to wash the dishes. I mean, even gentle gestures would would still be, to me, considered raising somebody. Because sometimes people are forgetful. Or sometimes things go on in their lives that, that they can't really control. But you have those voices and those people who have opinions who can 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 shed some light on a, from an outside perspective and say, hey, look, you know, you should... You should wear your pants up some more. Like even if it's not 
barking at you like like a parent would at a certain age. Because right. at first, you know, it's like, oh, don't touch the stove, baby. Then it's like, oh, dude, you're not supposed to lie. And then it turns into, oh, you you a grown man. You got to pay your bills on time. What are you doing? <clears throat> but with that, I feel like because people take your stuff and run with it or because people distance themselves, that's why I believe that depression is so strong. Stronger than it ever was. Because mm-hmm. nobody talks about anything anymore because they're afraid of what's, what's going to happen behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dang, if I tell her this, dang, she might not even look at me the same. I mean, hey, I, I, I feel like we as a people should be able to come to each other and say, hey, look, I'm going to come and tell you something. Don't react in a certain way, but try to give me the best advice because I need it right now. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that because... People do what they what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? But aside from that, so much judgment. Like you don't really know yeah, who's gonna say what, or if they're gonna look at you differently. You don't right. know if they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's okay to your face," and then just be, "God, like, do you girl, know?" So right. That's what I'm saying. That gossip stuff. So you really don't know who to trust, and then that's a big issue in our generation. Like trust is a big <clears> issue. <throat> Depression in itself is already a big issue. So it's like, where do you go? Where do you turn to? Right, and that's where you, where I come in. Where um. Where choosing your friends wisely mm-hmm. comes into play. Yeah. You gotta think about the circle, of the company that you keep, because mm-hmm. you're. I feel like friends should be like an extended sibling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can't trust them to be your brother or your sister, and not even in Christ, but just on that on a human a human level, right. on being real, um, that can help. But two, you don't want to overload one friend with all your drama. Right, but then you choose friends that spread your drama evenly. Because you don't want to overwhelm them. Then again, you don't want to tell too many people things. I, I can't have five friends and all of them know something. But no, see, that's why that's why you give friends. yeah you give like uh, you gotta you gotta categorize your yeah. friends. Like I know uh, uh, Bob, he he can help me out with in a certain area that Crystal and uh, Ash no Dash can't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I said Crystal. It's okay. It's okay. It's my name. But I'm I'm just saying, like I, I as a man, I can come to him for a certain thing, and as, as a husband, I can come to my wife for things that they wouldn't understand, and as a sister, uh, uh, I can come to Crystal with certain things that you guys wouldn't understand. But at the end of the day, you gotta. I, I I agree with that. You gotta categorize your friends, or you gotta put people in categories. Like, okay, I can tell them this, but I can't tell them that. But I have to be able to tell somebody that. Right. Like, I can't just keep that inside, and that's one thing that's haunting our generation because mm-hmm. everybody holds things in, and it's just like a soda. Eventually, when that top comes off, oh my god, the fizz that will that you will see. Oh my, it's gonna look like. Uh, uh, Putting a Mentos in a Coke. No, what is it? It's going to look like a phone party. That's what's going to happen. That's what happened when you put Mentos in a Coke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I've seen it. I I never want to experiment with that because... My dumb behind, I probably would have tried to drink it after <laughs> see what it tastes like. Want to see what it tastes like, but you know, Bob, you got anything on depression that you nah, want to share? No, nah, what I was gonna say is, I think besides trust, another thing, a big thing about it, and I heard you talking about it a little bit, it's a pride thing too. Yeah. Like you, you don't want people to view you in a certain way. You don't want people to feel a certain type of way about you once you voice something or say something. And I think that's a big problem. Um, The Bible says that pride cometh before the fall. So a lot of times 
is it's our pride sometimes that gets in the way of us voicing our issues and right. our our downfalls with other people. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I mean, if you want to start off little, so our listeners out there, if you want to start off, you don't really want to take that leap and tell somebody how you're feeling, I would say the best first step would be journaling. I know it doesn't, it's not like you are telling somebody else your business or having like this diary to give to other people, but writing down how you feel is so powerful and people don't understand how much it can help you. So I would say start journaling if you don't have friends to talk to or family or anybody that you think that you can trust. Journaling, journaling, journaling. And there's also online programs. They not paying us, but I'll shout them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk space. You can go on over there and talk to a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, start figuring stuff out. We're done with the topic? Yeah. Two hours later. But we done with Queen of Slim, y'all, because yeah. we done ran over this time. This going to have to be like a mini episode. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, check that out. Maybe we're going to have it into, like, a separate episode for you guys because it's its own this topic of discussion. But we're going to go into put you up on game. Put, put you, you up on game. Put you up on game. All right. So, check it out. My topic of discussion for put you up on game today is Lamar Jackson. Who is he? Now, Lamar Jackson. I don't know who he played for. Lamar Jackson is... A quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. who was considered to not be good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. Oh, the worst fo- the worst quarterback. Nah, no, not the worst quarterback, but they didn't believe he was a quarterback in itself. They tried to convert him to a receiver or a running back because he had so much speed. Now, mind you, this is the same guy who played quarterback at the University of Louisville, Louisville to, uh, to win the Heisman. Like, he won... College football's greatest award in oh, a matter you know of two pay. years, and then all of a sudden, after he won the award, oh, he's not a quarterback. What? What'd you say? Now, granted, yeah, he's fast, he's shifty, and honestly, yeah, he, to me, at first, he was a better runner than he was a passer. But last season, he did. What was considered in comparison to this season, last season was all right. This season, this man is dropping numbers like he's running all over the place. He's averaging about I want to say like a hundred yards rushing a game almost, and then he's he right now he has twenty five touchdowns and only five interceptions, a passer rating of one hundred and nine point six. You have people who have like. You have people who've been in the league forever that don't got don't have years that have twenty five and five in reference to touchdowns versus interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like this man is balling, and people doubted him. Now, granted, he's a Florida boy. I'm always root for for home team, and at the end of the day, this guy has put his team on his back. And when he was drafted, they asked him how he felt because. Him being a Heisman winner, Heisman winners usually go probably top ten at least. He was over. He was overlooked by all of the thirty-one other teams, right? Wow. Oh, when you talk about my God. He, when he got drafted, he got drafted basically late first round, and you know what they said? 
oh, he's not a quarterback. He's not going to succeed in this league. Da, da, da. And he listened to all the critics. And they said, how do you feel right now? It's like, oh, I feel blessed. I'm, 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 I'm My ready. God. I'm ready. I'm ready. My God. They said, oh, you're ready. What is the... What what are the Baltimore Ravens going to get out of you? And his response was golden. Oh, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. And right now, oh, wow. if you look at those stats, who's stopping him? Nobody is stopping him. So, like, I have the best of the best, the best of the best, the best of the best. The New England Patriots could not hold Lamar Jackson. Mm. The San Francisco 49ers, who had... The number one record in the NFL could not hold Lamar Jackson. All these defenses he's been facing, they still have yet to put a finger on what makes him so great. I'm just going to tell you like this. He's from South Florida. And I know people say, oh, you know, it's talent everywhere. Mm-mm. It's a different breed down here, baby. I'm going to keep a G with you. Because I've seen the amount of athletes that don't make it. A lot of cities can't say the athletes that don't make it are great. Yeah. Like, oh, those other cities like Texas, uh, you got Georgia, you got Cali, uh, Las Vegas, you got uh, Nevada, you got all these places, right? You got places that have talent, but it's like, okay, those, they make it. Yeah. But the ones that don't make it from down here, if you would assemble a team of people who didn't make it big, I feel like that team would even be unstoppable. Like, that's how good, um, that's how much talent we have down here. And I feel like him being from South Florida, it gave him, like, in my eyes, it gives him a boost because he has a swag to him. He has a certain amount of uh, of confidence in himself and, and in his game. Like, first of all, he's a, he's a black quarterback. Right now, mind you, they already said that black quarterbacks can't read defenses. They say that they can't, uh, they can't focus. They can't uh, be on the big stage. Now, granted, now granted, they they that's who they compare him to, and because they compare him to him, Michael Vick even went on TV and said, "Nah, he better than me." Oh wow! If he stood up and said that, oh wow, he faster than me too. Yeah, y'all got a problem for the next what, couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kudos to Lamar Jackson, man. I hope him nothing but the best. I wish that the rest of this season that he continues to tear it up. And the rest of his career, I feel I feel that if he would want to to, to go higher and higher and higher, that he could. No, There's nothing stopping him, especially with the, the team that he has behind him. He has a great defense behind him. He has a great offense with him. And his head coach and John Harbaugh is so great. I'm sorry. It's like, it, it like they, they believe in him that much that as a, uh, as a second-year player, they put everything in his hands. Like, yeah. that, that does, you, he has experience, bro. And, right. He's, he's young, 22 so years old. Like, you got people in the league that's 30-something, and they don't, they, they've been playing the game almost all their lives, and they still can't figure out how to stop him. It, it's, it's just God-given talent. I mean, hey. So, like, he's like the LeBron James hey, of football. Yeah, no, 
No, I don't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't really. I can't really put my hand on that. What topic. if LeBron James played football? Uh, I, he he would be I good, but I don't think he would be great. He has the size. He has the size for it, but because of his because all right. So in basketball, he's bigger than everybody. Right. Put him right, in football. Right. He gonna be everybody small. that big. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, the only difference is he's taller than a lot of people, and I don't. I don't think he's like shifty enough. To to like honestly, a, a foul, a foul in basketball, a foul in basketball is like a slap on the on the arm. Okay, you know, slap on the arm. But when you on football, you got people throwing their bodies at you, bro. Yeah, like he would have got hit enough. I don't. He wouldn't have last sixteen yeah, years probably. in the NFL. Like NBA, of course, you getting slapped. Okay, cool. You jumping up and down repeatedly on a wood floor, but okay, that wear and tear on your knees and all that other stuff, ankles or whatever. But to be getting constantly hit for years, you nah, got people that don't last, bro. Like NFL stands for not for long for a reason. Like yeah. it, 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 that wear and tear on your body. He he wouldn't be able to keep up the same stature. I think he would be. To me, he would be a great player, but to. To me, I don't think it would be as, as like, goat as, as he is in basketball. Nah, I don't see him. Going I don't see him being that. But plus, like, they don't even, they don't, like, his position, he would probably be, like, a receiver or or at, at worst a running back. No, nah, I don't see him on even. I don't see him initiating contact. I feel like he's too big. He won't be able to be agile or stay with the offense. I think he'll be an offensive threat. I think, I, and they consider goats to be, like, quarterbacks. So like he wouldn't even reach coach status to to in, no. in football. So He's I think like me. basketball would be like like number one. Now you know who I do think if you switch from basketball to football would be number one like a gangster oh. Russell Westbrook. I think him I playing. Agree. I can see that him playing football. I can see that. that dude, he is so short, but he's so powerful, and he plays like with a chip on his shoulder. He plays so aggressive. I think that he would be like a great running back, or even a safety, a defensive player, yeah. where he would be coming down making mad hits. Like I think that he would be one on my list that'd be like if they had to convert. Yeah, Russell Westbrook for MVP in football, bro. Like. That dude there, but LeBron, nah, LeBron would it'd be too easy. Just just double team him in football. That ball is that ball is way smaller. You I know your hands big, but yeah, try catching this ball while you got a, a two hundred pound, two hundred and fifty pound linebacker diving in your sternum. Like yeah, you're dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there would be no LeBron James. But yeah, man, back to Lamar Jackson. I feel like that kid is gonna be Something amazing, bro. Like, uh, I I see him winning the MVP this year. I, I'm the only other person I see winning the MVP outside of him is Russell West. Uh, not not Russell Russell Wilson, but even Russell Wilson, they they've been playing great. But you gotta give it to Lamar. He beat out all the other candidates, like all the other candidates for the MVP race in football. He has beat them head to head. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't even know who else is in the discussion. Only, only Lamar Jackson. So I mean, only other than those two, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. But like those two were the front runners, and Lamar took over by beating the Seattle Seahawks. Like, and then he beat he beat San Francisco 49ers, which everybody was like, oh, they unstoppable, they unstoppable. Child, please, Lamar came in, and I think he did it at their crib. And yeah, we good. That's right. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe it was. It was at home. Uh, but still, either way, a win is a win. A dub is a dub. I don't care. So, yeah, like I said, shout out to Lamar Jackson. Keep doing your thing. Uh, we here at who all over there? At least me for the sports segment. <laughs> I, 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 I I follow you, man. I I, 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 I I love I love the success. I love everything that you're doing, and I love that one thing about it. Two things for sure. He is humble, man. That kid is not. He's not no big headed dude, and he he wore a shirt that said, "Nobody cares. Keep working. Keep grinding." Like, like, don't nobody care about your excuses, which is real. Like, and that's something that I grew up on. Don't, don't nobody care, like, about how you feel. Just do it. Like, don't nobody care. Don't nobody care how you feel or your your back hurt. I, I I got that written on my mirror in my bathroom. Like, don't nobody care. Fathers don't take days off. I got I got four miles to feed, and not even include myself. Like, I I have to grind to make sure that they don't starve. You know what I'm saying? Even if I go hungry, like, don't nobody care about who. Who 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 is hurting or how they're hurting or whatever? If you gotta get the job done, you just gotta get it done. I bro. feel like that might be a Florida saying a slogan though. Hey. Don't care. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Shout out to Fat and Funny. Shout out to Fat and Funny. And don't. Hey, holler at us, kitchen. If you want a little feature, kitchen, holler at us. But uh, yeah. You got to say anything, Bobby? Oh no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 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 you Jesus found me and he changed my name. He could have let me drown. He could have let me drown. Y'all keep singing. He could have let me drown. Okay, all right. <laughs> but instead he took me in. Hallelujah. Come on and lift him up for the praise and worship. So on this week's segment of Yes, I Know Him, <laughs> uh, we're talking about gratitude. We just got out of the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope y'all ate good, but not gluttonous, though, because um, y'all know that's a sin. Whether y'all knew it or not, y'all know that's a sin. Um, to be overeating, it, it's called gluttony. <laughs> All right, but I'm fat, so I can't talk. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> nobody can see you behind the mic. It don't matter. I need them to know that I'm already sitting because I'm fat. But uh, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying. But yes. in this week's segment, on I wanted to talk about gratitude. And because it's a hot topic in the church right now, and I listened to an amazing, amazing sermon. Um, shout out to Cool Church. Shout out to... <laughs> 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 Pastor Joanne did her thing. I listened, I followed their podcast, and um, she did a message on um, gratitude. And one thing that really stuck with me on this topic of gratitude is how often we forget. And she said a lot of times, like, the reason why we are not grateful a lot of the times is because we forget. We forget the simple things that God has done in our life. Like, we get into these dark moments, these dark spaces, 
um, of our lives, and we forget, hey, we got breath today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I got a, a roof over my head. Hey, I got, you know, I got clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. You know, we always hear the old people in church be like, I like to thank God. Well, first of all, you know they're going to say, giving honor God. to <laughs> give it the head of my life. <laughs> give it honor to God who is the head of my life, to the angels of this house. <laughs> you already know that's the that's that's, that's the why they took testimony out of church because y'all take too long. <laughs> they ain't take testimony out of church because it's show at our church. Only on Thanksgiving. Let me tell you, I thought she was being for forty years. I thought that she was being petty when she was saying when she said at watch night because you know how people always get out there with a testimony. It's always one or two. Now knowing every ministry that deals with some sort of act or some sort of music has to go. It's always there. One person Oh, this year has been so hard. Oh, yeah. And it God has kept me. No, it, it was me one time. <laughs> really, one time. It was literally one. It was only one. It was only one because I only had one lead. Oh, I, no. I just like to say this was the it's... worst year of my life. <laughs> but I like to thank God that I made it. No. Yes! No, listen, hey. Yeah, <laughs> the year before that? I met you. Yeah, that really you. was the year before you. <laughs> but he had a reason to say that, though. Now I get to go up there this year and be like, this has a been the best year of my life, he, Jesus. He was home. Well, I, I was homeless. I was out there on the streets. I was mm-hmm. lit. I was, was taking alcoholic. bird baths. Yeah, that's. Oh, was, that's when you had the accident. I was. I, that I had just got <laughs> out of the accident, <laughs> and I I was in the worst relationship of my life. It was all type of put a beep over this a relationships. And <laughs> oh, I ain't bleeping it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to bleep. This is who. Yes, I know him. No, we don't got to bring you through a I know him to be a deliverer. Oh, he delivered me out of her hands and into my wife's hands. So back to gratitude. (laughs) Back to gratitude. (laughs) I just want y'all to keep in mind to to be grateful, even though the cares of this world and the cares of life can sometimes consume you and overtake you. You know, you just got to remember the simple things. You just got to remember to be grateful for those things. <laughs> I actually have a verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and uh, through 18. And it says, rejoice always. That's verse 16, 17 says, pray continually. Mm-hmm. And 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is, I listened to a Christian uh, radio station on my way to work in the morning. And this was the verse of the day. This was the um, the scripture that they were sharing out on um, the radio station that I listened to. And... I just want y'all to keep that in mind during this season. Because I know a lot of people have a lot of great things going on um, during this time. But there there are people who are really struggling. Like um, Nurse Jackson shared with us earlier, depression is a real thing. And sometimes it's hard to be grateful when you're in such a somber state and such a dark place. But, man, there's people out here that love you, you know. We all over there, and we love you. Um, so, 
Shout out to to gratitude. So quickly, I just want to give a little tidbit about knowing the word of God. There are many, 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 many people. (laughs) There are many people who are unaware. You need to have scripture. You need to know the word of God because if not, you're going to be tossed to and fro. And a friend of mine sent me another very powerful sermon um, on this particular scripture. And it's oftentimes when we're in those low space, low spaces or low places, we need scripture. We need God to breathe life back into us. And the way God speaks first is through his word. Yeah. And so you need to get into his word, start reading some Proverbs, some Psalms, you know, and just open that book, man. God will speak life. Even if you just pray a little simple prayer, Lord, just give me the understanding. Trust me, he will do it every time. But stay in your word and be grateful. That's it. This is, yes, I know him. And that, I'm trying to know. All right, so we're about to move on to the next segment of the day. And... Like we said last week, we going from the pearly gates back to earth. Because <laughs> this segment we like to call Niggas Gone Nig. And this week's niggas is <laughs> NBC. <laughs> NBC. NBC is the niggas for today. I'm going to make it short because... This is a long-ass conversation already. (laughs) So, NBC allegedly fired um, Gabrielle Union for being difficult, which I got a bone to pick with that because why does every black woman have to be difficult when she already set her boundaries? Because apparently, allegedly, Simon Cowell used to, well, smokes in the dressing rooms, but the dressing rooms are not of four walls. It is of many curtains. So, therefore, the smoke traveled through the curtains. And they also said that her hairstyles were too black. I mean, sis got to keep a fresh press. So, I'm trying to understand. And she was the main reason why people were um, watching American got, America's Got Talent. Because she had the social engagement with her audience. With the audience. And, you know. And, of course, because she had the black people on her side. And not even just because of her side, but it's just a human thing. Like, why would you do that? And you can see that Simon Cowell and Howie Mandel, the germaphobe guy, um, they've been on there since season one, but they always changed out the women. And Mm -hmm. they old asses are still there. Just with that, it's just talentless, you know? Um, But, you know, Nick Cannon been saying it. (laughs) NBC stand for niggas be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all niggas better be careful. <laughs> what? Oh wow, I didn't even know that. I, I've never heard that. Oh my gosh. But um but yeah. And the last set of niggas, not even a set, one nigga would be George Zimmerman. Oh, we kinda alluded to the conversation earlier <sighs> um in the episode. George Zimmerman is seeking 
a restitution of a hundred what? Million. A hundred half? Mi- million. Ha- I mean, you made twist. <laughs> a hundred million. For killing a life. For killing black boy so- joy. For killing a soul. Why? Bob, please tell me because I didn't read it. I just almost crashed when you sent me that. <laughs> so. I read the article earlier today, and basically to sum it up, he is trying to sue um, Sabrina Fulton uh, for restitution because he feels like they defamed his character. Nigga, you killed the boy. They put him on a wild goose chase. (laughs) And this is the part that really got me in the article. Apparently, there's a film out there Mm -hmm. that says that the whole Trayvon Martin incident was a conspiracy. So you're telling me a life was really not lost. No, 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 no. He he died. died He died. But George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman, not Trayvon, was the scapegoat. He was the person that was put up to, to take the fall for the for the cause. So who's the real person? I don't know. Maybe it's um the the great wizard of oz. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I it's be seen in <laughs> yes. red. Yes. <laughs> gonna be seen. Maybe it's the people behind the black curtain. I don't know who it is. It's the round table, you know, all those references, some kind of conspiracy theory about George Zimmerman and how people should feel empathy for him because he took somebody's life. Anyway, I, I, I just couldn't. I, I immediately saw the article and I sent it out because I was like, this has to go on the conversation and topic. This has to. I think we should put on, put on, the, uh, on the Instagram page a poll or uh, a question oh, or please do something. That. Where I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it up later on where we y- y'all chime in on this topic. How do y'all feel about this? Because me as a as a person who like I strongly supported the Trayvon Martin case. I followed it like that was honestly I'm as an, as an adult that was my first real situation as an adult. I was yeah. in college. I was yeah. away at college when everything took place, and I was watching the case and I watched it I still have pictures on my Facebook of me in a hoodie with a can of iced tea uh, Arizona and some Skittles like I still have all that on my page because that was the the first time I I was I felt a part of something you know where I was like dang like people always say don't dang there's a lot of stuff going on around the world but this is something that hits so close to home because he was from down here like even that like it was like Dang, like you, you would think that certain places or certain instances where, oh, dang, couldn't be here, couldn't be here, and then boom, it was here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I supported the Trayvon Martin case. I was in support of the family. I was hoping that they they got him uh, a million years in jail. I did, I would I hope that his kids got jail time just because of what he did. <laughs> like that's how bad I was. I was like I was like, bro, everybody no go. But see, the problem was he with me. Like Does he when kids? when we found when we found out that he was not guilty, I think that that was my. That was my first, like, real 
encounter with heartbreak, heartbreak. Like I was yeah. broken hearted because yeah. the all signs because I was looking at it from one perspective, all signs led to. Guilty? He gotta be guilty, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. man, he done it, killed. I he killed all the, the evidence. Was everything, everything was in line, and to hear and read not guilty on that screen. I mean, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, "What? Hold up!" I I kind of laughed because I was like, "Nah, this this fake." Like, whatever. I was like, "Man, I'm dreaming or something like that." But then. My mom called and she said, did you see what happened with the case? And my mom doesn't really, like, call for certain things. Like, she would she would call for yeah, specifics. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, oh, how was your day and all that stuff. She will call me and be like, did you take out the trash type stuff. So, for her to call you in that moment. Trash, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of trash because, oh, my gosh. For my mom to call me that day. In that moment, when I was feeling how I was feeling, I was like, yeah, man, I saw it. And I was probably a thousand miles away in college in Mississippi. And I was, and I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, she was like, you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm good. And after I hung up, I was in the room by myself. I cried. I was like, bruh, you, are you, are you serious? That's what y'all think of us? And I laid, at, at that moment, I was going to an HBCU. The HBCU was up in flames, like, everywhere. The calf, the union, the football field, everything. Like, people was meeting everywhere. The library, and, like, we, we you know, you, you had an HBCU. It's predominantly black. But we had some white people on campus, and I had a couple of friends that was white. That next day... I don't. I, it, it's not that we were beefing, but they were walking on pins and needles. You bet not say negotiation. It's too close to that. I got a problem. I know, like, but like, but that's honest though. Like, I, I was like on pins and needles with with Caucasians because even though I'm at a, 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 a HBCU, yeah. I still encounter these right. people, and even though it wasn't a Caucasian that did it, because George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman is not white, yeah. but because he wasn't black, it it put me us us well, us as a whole in, in the black community up on defense mode. Really like, is. bruh, like, hold up, now, it wasn't a black man. It's a black little boy you killed, mm-hmm. and we still ain't finna get that. Like, you can't give us that, bruh. I mean, like, and, and to hear this, like, now I'm. I was like completely disgusted. I didn't. I didn't read up on it. I don't want to read up on it because I don't want to revisit those emotions. Because I've come a long way in reference to that. Because I felt like that could have been me type situation. Yeah, yeah. For it to be down here, like I, I was, I was in fear. And because it wasn't an officer, it was just a random person that so called oh the the watchman or whatever the neighborhood a, watch yeah, or whatever whatever he was I'm saying though like yeah. for, for them to say that all in that case yeah. because he was a regular dude a regular guy for him to do that and get away with that the fact that he the, got away with it he got away it kinda with like, it kind of like it kind of like stuck with me for a long time and I've yeah. I've recently like I want I'm gonna keep it G with you. Like a couple of years ago, I finally let that go. Cause even every time I hear the, heard the Trayvon, Martin, I would never join in conversations because I how I felt deep down inside. Cause yeah. I felt like 
Bruh, like that that was my first real heartbreak. Like it's like you know how you how you get in a relationship and you feel like it's going good and then that's your first real breakup and you torn up about it, but then life goes on. Like I had finally gotten over the hump of Trayvon Martin like a couple of years ago. Cause I was like, it it it, it hurt, bruh. Like that hurt. I I I remember it like mm-hmm. like it was yesterday when my mama called me and said that like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I literally I cried for about a good 15, 20 minutes, like yeah. real tears. Like, yeah. man, I don't know. Speaking from somebody who went to school with Trayvon, sat in class with Trayvon, talked to Trayvon Monday through Friday when we were at school, it's like you know him. Been all over with Trayvon. I went to school with him. So get out here. Get out the. Shut the front door. So from that wow. point of view, you can only imagine like what he would have been your age. A little, I think he a year younger than me. Yeah. Yeah, he used to talk about Uvu. He used to be your Uvu all the time. Y'all remember Uvu? Twenty three. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> but it was that's like it was. It's weird when you know the person that and then something that like was that the happens. Black it's like I just wanted to shut up. where huh? it really was. Uber was the black, black sky. sky. I'm just saying. Y'all want to Uber? But it's it's so like it's, <laughs> I I never been the type of person that's like oh I hate white people or white people this yeah. white people that or anybody that kills black people because I understand that killing is something that happens in the world. Little white children die at the hands of black people, yeah. Hispanic people, white people. Like things like this happen. They get shot and we don't hear about it. It's like. And black people die at the hands of black people every day too. All the time. All the time. So it's like it's different when you know the person because you know their character, you know their personality, you know what they what they would say. Like if you say if somebody said, Oh, Trayvon said this, you know Trayvon did not say that. Like, you know, or he did not do that. He did not steal that person. Da, 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 da. Somebody's so quiet. I remember when I first found out he died, some one of our friends called or a text or something and said that he died. I was like, girl, what? I saw it on the news. The first picture I saw on the news with him was him with the gold in his mouth. That's and I was like, so I didn't hear like nothing on the TV. The volume was up, but all I saw was his face. And they said he died. Like, telling the story or whatever. And I'm just like, this is about to be a whole type of accusation type of thing. I know they're going to say he was a thug. This is the first picture they pull up, and this is the only picture that's out there with him with goes in his mouth. Mind you, he never, never wore them. Never wore them things, all right. Never. He never wore them? No. I've never seen So where the hell he got them goals from? And then you can tell that he took the picture on his computer, like, or on a little Nokia phone, like, so, like, Hearing, I'm just like, I know he didn't go after this man. They say he went after him. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't go after this man. I know he didn't have no weapon. Like, even though his mama, the type of person he was raised by, it's just like. I mean, so even, that he, hearing this, even hearing the, 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 the audio from the 911 tape, like, they, you can hear him. Oh you can hear him crying for his life, screaming, yes. help me. Like, so in that moment, like, you can hear other things going on. Nobody, I've never in the history of negative heard. <laughs> you can't say that in the midst of a series. No, I'm, 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 I had to bring some light to it because I'm like, no, for real, bro. Because like, never, never have I ever heard somebody screaming while attacking. I'm sorry, like yes. I've never heard nobody exactly. 
complaining, whining, or crying while attacking unless they're giving out like vulgar language or abusive language towards the person that they're attacking. I've never heard somebody swinging on somebody saying, help me. You winning, nigga. What you mean, help me? Like, nobody's saying that. So for for that audio to come out, like, that stuck with me forever. To hear that, like, bro, like, come on. And it sucks, too, because the person who made the call on, you hear the you hear Trayvon in the back saying, help me, help me. And this nigga just on the phone. Yeah, somebody outside screaming, help me. me. Right. And you didn't take your dumb ass outside to now, see granted, now, granted, I, or peek I, out I kinda, the window? I kind of understood her standpoint as I got older because it was a woman who made the phone call. Oh, okay. And, yeah. of course, when you hear like a desperate cry outside, especially in today's society where sex trafficking and kidnapping is so high which we are not going to touch on but because of because that's so high like you can't you can't run to every cry you know what i'm saying yeah. now with with the with the technology we have 911 is always she readily accessible out her window right one. but but she 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 said in the phone call she couldn't see him like she hears them but she can't see mm. them but she didn't want to go to the window and all that stuff i, yeah. I get it yeah, you, yeah, you, possibly, you, because yeah. i took criminal justice in college yeah. and like that that's stuff that they tell you like you don't go to the windows don't go to the doors no ain't none of that 911 let them help them because at the end of the day that could be something fake but once you get that audio from 911 bro like no nah, bro it's no it's, it's clear cut right then and there that okay that sounds like abuse that sounds like murder that sounds like somebody's assaulting somebody mm-hmm. but then him saying all those things when he was on the phone call and Everything that led to it, the trace and everything, they showed, they had like a little, uh, uh, a the little. The case was sound. Right, they had like it a little. So like, much They had this thing where you, they saw how far he followed him. He followed him for about a mile and a half. Like, what you following him for? I don't care who it was. I don't yeah, care no, if it was a 14 little boy. If it was me, if you following me, I would say something too. Exactly. Like, you following me. I, especially in. Especially in this state where stand your ground is used. That's that's what we first, like a lot of people first time hearing the Castle term. Castle doctor. The stand your ground law so you should have been used this. for Trayvon. But because a dead man can't testify, that's why he won. Yeah. My criminal justice teacher told me that the stand your ground law was great in the case, but it was used for the wrong person. Yeah, it was. Now, had Trayvon used that, had Trayvon killed George Zimmerman, he would he wouldn't have got off. First of all, he, he would have been under the jail. He wouldn't have got off. He would have been. Jail. But because of the, that flawed law in 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 Florida, the stand your ground law, it only permits you to protect yourself in to your be home. able to to protect. Right. But he's not in. He his was home. nowhere in his home. He, he was nowhere near his house. Community. No. And he don't live in that. He should have been Come in jail when they said, do not pursue. And he pursued. Exactly. That's right. That but right there in there was like. We we have, we hopping down a whole rabbit hole. Right. right. But the point is, nigga, you ain't getting shit. Yeah. <laughs> F you and your mama. You going to be. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. Like my cousin said earlier in our, our, our cousin's group chat. 
the real street niggas just need to go ahead and put a hole in them. I'm sorry. Like yeah. just just end just end this whole saga, man. Like he 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 like I first of all I thought I thought he had uh, I thought he had something on his head. No, he had a girlfriend. He he, he he found her online because you know he was seeking love no, online. Matter of fact, no, after the trial, after the trial, yeah, case, he, 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 he got, came out with a, a girl. He got accused for oh domestic yeah, domestic violence. Yeah. Two two times. Yeah. No, but yeah, but after that, like years after that, his yeah. profile was found on a dating website. Yeah, yeah. he had a whole girlfriend, and, and people were spamming him and all of that stuff, but. Um, but, but George Zimmerman, you ain't getting shit on my nigga. You ain't getting shit. You the nigga of the day. Because you nigga is going to consistently nig. Okay? Wait, didn't the baby say that he had people that will... Um, what baby? No, not the baby. <laughs> One of them rappers said that they had people that will do whatever they want them to do. While they oh, you talking about the baby? baby? The baby. You no, she's talking me? about that. Which rapper? That, that that what super you? rapper that that I the forgot, one who I don't know the song the one that no the one that was like <laughs> no, I, I, that's the I show up to your party I'm with yeah, the gang he said I got people that right do now, something for me on the I, while I'm on the plane you drop on the plane first hey. of all that you would go to jail if you that happened because hood. you telling them what to do like on that's hood. almost what would you have to do I'm okay. playing I'm playing I'm just kidding I'm going to jail I got kids and husband I can't do that on the hood. But we've been on here for a really, 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 really long time. Yeah, we gonna have to, so we gonna anybody have to got um down. anybody got a thin line between cussing? One person can go because we ain't got enough time. Going once, going twice. And that concludes the episode of Who All Over That. This is our second episode. My nigga, we'll it's two hours. In two. Listen, that's <laughs> what I'm finna say. We're gonna split this episode, so we finna give y'all double trouble. Uh, this is going to be episode two and three because we went on tangents when it came down to both of these topics when it came to Queen and Slim and even the George Zimmerman case. Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it out with this. Uh, if you if you listen to this, uh, you can always write us like 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 uh, Nurse Jackson said on, on the topic of depression. You can always hit us up. You can always confide in us we will not spill your information no well i don't care if you're famous if you got you got a friend in me if you got something to tell me i'm just gonna keep it real with you i will keep your deepest darkest secrets uh and also even if you if you battle with uh loneliness because loneliness can lead to depression like you like 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 we said you can hit us up on our social media it's who all over there underscore you can hit us up on our individual accounts all you got to do is say something and uh yeah if you we're going to post that that poll we're going to post the questions and we're going to post the how you feel about this on uh this week and we'll see y'all next week it's big bob in the front seat peace and blessings it's your girl, Ash No Dash. You know I'm out. <laughs> it's Chucky Lucky, and I'm all at y'all. And last but not least, it's Chris signing out with your tip of the day. Be considerate of people's times, and we out. Because <laughs> niggas always fucking late. <laughs> Cut the shit off. <laughs>